peoples of the world wide federated internet what's good So I decided to do something slightly different today. I've done this before, so this is not the first time, but I wanted to do a little impromptu. Um, um, this is how my Bible study goes. And like I said, I've done it before. I have read over the book of Genesis and I got some thoughts on it. Chapter 20, where we left off, left off in verse uh, 11, but just giving you a little bit of insight into my study habits, which I'm going to be honest with you. There's nothing glorious or grand about my study habits. I just think a lot. <laughs> That's really probably the the crux of my study habits is just thinking a lot and asking a lot of questions and often not getting answers to Many of those questions right out to gate right out the gate, but doesn't stop me from asking. So anyway, let's get into this. So the book of Genesis, chapter 20, we left off in verse 11. And Abraham said, because I thought surely the fear of God is not in this place and they will slay me. For my wife's sake, you know, something that I kind of wanted to go over last video or something that I failed to go over last video rather is is the importance of the sanctity of marriage, the sacredness of marriage. This thing is so important that Abimelech understood when God told him, one, you're a dead man. If you touch this woman and this woman is some man's wife, Abimelech was shook to his core. That's how serious marriage is. And I, I think situations like this are, are in the Bible for many reasons. But I think one of those reasons is that we can see that the seriousness of marriage. I know it's something that people don't take seriously this day and age. You listen to most hip hop songs, you listen to any trap music, and it's not just hip hop, it's in R&B, it's in, it's in some rock songs, it's in many songs, but you'll find songs about um, men taking other men's wives, and now you have songs where women are talking about taking some other woman's husband. And that's seen as some kind of badge of honor. This is a very serious matter. This is not a joke. This is 100% serious. This is something that Abimelech was getting ready to lose his life, his life over. The Bible says marriage is honorable in all things and a bit undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. That's found in the book of Hebrews. 
So this is not a joking matter. This is not a laughing matter. But verse 11, and Abraham said, because I thought surely the fear of God is not in this place and they will slay me for my wife's sake. And I said in the last video, I'll say it again. Sarah must have been fine, like super fine. Or it was a common practice in that day for men to kill other men to take their wives. One of those two things was true. I'm inclined to believe that Sarah was fine. In verse 12, and yet indeed she is my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. So this is one of those situations where Abraham is like, well, you know, technically she is. Do not take this and think that this gives you a justification to flower up your lie or to tell half truths, which is a lie. It's what it is. There's no half truth. There's no white lie. There is the truth and there is a lie. Abraham, Abraham knew that if they thought this was merely his sister and not his wife, apparently, like I said, I believe Sarah was fair to look upon that men would probably want to take her to wife. So for Abraham not to make it known that this is in fact his wife is a lie. Now, again, this is definitely not me coming down in judgment on Abraham because Abraham, in my opinion, in my estimation, definitely walked with God a lot closer than me. That's not me saying that Abraham is some unique person that possessed some ability that no one else possessed. The Bible says it is God that worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I'm just being honest. Abraham walked a lot closer to God than me. I am not one to throw stones his way. I'm just um, merely stating the facts. In verse 13, and it came to pass when God caused me to wander from my father's house that I said unto her, this is thy kindness, which thou shalt show unto me at every place, whither we shall come say of me, he is my brother. Now, again, technically, is that true? Yes, this is her brother from her father, but they have different mothers. Now you can get into the cultural aspects of should they have been married? We can go down that rabbit hole and get into all of that meaningless, meaningless banter at this point, getting into all of that stuff. And sometimes when you're going over your Bible, if, 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 if anybody ever brings up stuff like that, if you're in a discussion and they're trying to disprove the Bible, those, those arguments are, are really non-arguments in all reality. There's a lot of things culturally that were different at this time. There's just, there, there's a lot more at play than just that. And that doesn't disprove the Bible at all. 
like at all. That that argument is really a, a moot point. Arguments like that are brought up when when what people perceive to be legitimate arguments are shot down and they have nothing else to go with. But nonetheless, I wonder if this is is why Sarah had the attitude when Abraham received the promise that, well, I can just offer him my servant Hagar and she can bear a son. And this must be how how God is going to do this. This is what I mean. This, I, this is how I got to that point from here. Because I wonder if this is just me asking a question is how I study. I wonder if because Abraham's laxed attitude in this area right here, right? Because this is dishonest. This is his wife. Therefore, she cannot belong to another. Another cannot take her because this is his wife. He knows that she knows that, but they're being deceptive in their delivery. So they kind of made up their own rules. And I wonder if this is kind of what led to Sarah's approach to offering uh, Hagar to Abraham as if she had that authority and that power. Just my thought. Like I said, this is how my brain works. And Abimelech took sheep and oxen and men servants and woman servants and gave them unto Abraham and restored him. Sarah, his wife. So Abraham gets his wife back. Of course, you know, uh, Abimelech being a just man and Abimelech uh, took sheep and oxen and manservants and woman servants and gave them to him. So Abraham is increased through all of this. Abraham is increased in substance. And Abimelech said, behold, my land is before thee. Dwell where it pleaseth thee. Abraham receives more, more goods, more servants, and he gets to pick from the land that Abimelech is over. This is... <laughs> The only thing I can think of is the verse that says unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And there's another verse I'm, I'm thinking of when I'm going through all of this, but I, I'll get to that shortly. And unto Sarah, he said, behold, I have given thy brother a thousand pieces of silver. Behold, he is to thee a covering of the eyes unto all that are with thee and with all and with all other. Thus she was reproved. That word reproved again, this is how would, how if I was just sitting here reading through this, this is what I would do. Look up the word reproved. And that word means blamed, reprehended, convinced of a fault. Hmm. Very interesting. <laughs> Let that sink in. 
verse 17. So Abraham prayed unto God and God healed Abimelech and his wife and his maidservants and they bare children for the Lord had fast closed up the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. So apparently this, this situation, um, that, that, that went on, that transpired between Abraham, Sarah and Abimelech probably went on for longer than, than, uh, than we think here. There's probably some time that passed in between here. Um, sometimes Bible stories and Bible accounts do give you a specific time frame, and sometimes we we get an account and we don't necessarily get the time. And you you could sometimes come away with the impression that thing these things happen quickly and in succession. How you read, and sometimes there was a, a bit of time that passed in between some things, and I think that. That's what happened here. And all of this happened, right? All of this based on Abraham's doubt and his fear, because as I said before, and I pointed out, Abraham did have some faults. Abraham was a bit of a fearful and, and doubtful person. I am, I am in no way, shape or form, even remotely close to the walk that Abraham had with God. This is not me elevating Abraham to some other humanly status. He's just a man just like me. But I can acknowledge that this is a man who walked with God, right? That doesn't mean he was faultless. But the one thing I will say this is the area where I definitely can identify with Abraham being fearful and doubtful that I'm guilty. I can sit here before you and try to act like I'm this dude of great faith and I just trust everything. God has done magnificent and wonderful things in my life and still I've doubted and been fearful. I'm encouraged that in God's mercy in God's mercy he has he has provided even in my fearfulness and doubt. And I'm very, very thankful for that. This account right here made me think of the book of Romans chapter eight and verse twenty eight. And I'm sure everybody knows this verse. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to actually read a little bit above and then come down to verse twenty eight. But if we hope. For that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that stretcheth and he that searcheth, sorry, the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them. This is the key here that love God to them who are the called according to his 
purpose. And what made me think about that is in everything Abraham did, even in Abraham's follies, God's work was done in Abraham's life. And I thought to myself, as I, as I read through that, I'm, I'm really thankful that God in his mercy, in his grace, in his sovereignty, even when we go wrong and do things that we should not do, you cannot outdo God's will. God's purpose will be done in spite of your faults. I'm thankful for that. Uh, and, and I'm thankful that I'm thankful that God is in control and not me. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. I will tell you that much because I would severely mess everything up. But we see that even when Abraham did things that he had no business doing, he, he should have been forthright and honest about who Sarah was to him. This is his wife. So, so should she have. But even through all of that, Abraham was blessed with more goods, with more money and his choice of land. God's purpose still worked, even though Abraham had some fault. God's mercy and his grace. And again, what, what we what we see in Abraham, we don't see a perfect man. We see a man who's walking with God, a flawed man walking with God, not walking in sin. So when I say flawed man, some people might look at that and they might think, oh, see, I can do whatever I want. That's if 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 when you hear statements like that, if that's your thought, you probably need to check in with God, because that's definitely not what I'm saying or implying. I'm just saying that Abraham was a man who walked with God. He had his flaws and God's mercy and his grace sustained him. And this is a man that was justified by faith, as we have already seen, and not by the deeds of the law, because we see where several times Abraham has violated the very law which people try to keep in order to attain access to God. And that is not how this it's not how this works at all. The Bible says, for by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. There will be no boasting for all of those who come before God. None at all. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.